Well, good morning. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Everybody good? Everybody awake? Woo, that is so good. I love hearing that. Even applause for that. Are you awake? Yeah, I'm awake. Well, I have a question that, that for you to start off this morning um, that you might not be super thrilled with, that you might, it might stir up something within you not, that you're not going to go, woo. Um, what scares you? I got somebody who's a thrill seeker right here. Woo, what scares me? Yeah! Um, what scares you, right? What, there's something in, within each of us that scares us. That, that when I, I, some of you say, I know, some guys are like, I know a few of these guys. I ask that question and they go, nothing scares me. I, I mean, you put it in front of me, I'm not scared. But they're scared of not being scared, right? They're scared of something. They're scared that if something were to scare me, I don't want to be that. So something, something scares each of us. Um, I am that guy that I, I'm honest enough to say there are things that scare me. I'm not the guy that says nothing at all scares me. Let me, let me give you a quick example of this. Um, years ago, my, my family, we took a, uh, a trip to a cabin and uh, we, we were, my kids were younger, they were, like, they were like eight and 10. So we go to the cabin and we're at this cabin and when we showed it for the cabin, it was a nice surprise that we're like, whoa, um, the, the downstairs came out and there was a patio with a hot tub. I'm not scared of hot tubs, so don't, that's not where I'm going. In fact, I love hot tubs, they're amazing. If anybody would like to give me one, I can show you where I live. Um, but hot tub, I mean, we're, we're all, so we're all hanging out. So we, 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 you know, we're hiking in, we're in the mountains, we're enjoying all this, we're enjoying nature, we're enjoying everything about it. And all of a sudden, uh, we're hanging out one night in the hot tub, you know, as a family, we all had dinner, we're hanging out. My son, you know, 10 years old said, Daddy, I got to go and go to the bathroom. I said, okay, that's, go ahead, son. If he's here today, I'm sorry for telling the story without asking for permission, but he does what he has to do. So he goes inside and he comes out and he looks at me and he says this, Dad, there's a, um, there's this big spider inside. And, and I went, okay, so what do you want me to do about it? I mean, you're 10, take care of it, right? Um, parenting 101. And uh, he says, you want to do something about it? And so my thought was, you ever seen a granddaddy long legs? You think big spider, I'm thinking he's 10, little guy, big spider, gonna walk in, little granddaddy long legs, pick it up by the little needle leg, and I'll be like, watch this, dad's brave. And I'm gonna walk outside, I'm gonna release it into the wild and say, you're free. Um, but I walked inside, I said, son, I got this, okay? So I walked in and I, and I turned the corner and when I turned the corner, I saw this. This. Now, this is magnified a little bit. But if you could see the whole picture, it was as big as my hand. Big as my, actually I have a, I have a kind of a small hand. Sir, right here. Could you hold your hand? See, much bigger. It's more like his hand. But when I walked in and I saw this, now, now I, I wanna let you know what my fear is. One of my greatest fears, I'm scared of spiders and snakes. I don't like them. I know men are supposed to be like, I'm brave. I'm not, I don't like them at all. I've stepped on a snake one time and it kind of slithered off from that moment, don't like them. So that spider right there scared me to death. I turned the corner. So I did what any brave dad would do, husband would do. I jumped up on the couch thinking that thing's gonna pounce on me, I don't know, but I lost, I lost it. And my family, they, they all come running inside and they go, what's the deal? Because I screamed, screamed, and they, they come inside and, and they look and they, and so everyone, you know, did the same thing, dad, and then they jumped up on the couch as well. 
So we all are standing on the couch looking at this spider, this massive spider that's as big as this gentleman's hand right down here. And they, we look at it and we see the spider and I thought, I've got to do something. We can't stay here, right? And it's not moving. I'm going, there's the door, just move. And, and it doesn't. And so I jumped down and the kitchen was kind of out of the way. So I'm far enough away from it. And I grab a broom and I came back with the broom. And I, was, I feel so brave in this moment. The brave has, I mean, the broom has a little bit of a distance where I'm like, okay, if I smack it, is it gonna pounce? Is it gonna leap? Is it gonna, what's gonna happen? So I rear back and I hit it with everything that I had. And that spider fell to the ground, crumpled up, you know, as dead spiders do, right? And was on the ground and a chunk was taken out of the sheetrock. <laughs> but I gotta be honest, that was the best loss of a, of a deposit I've ever had in my life. I was like, that's good. And it was on the ground and I stood over that spider and I said, what you got now? I am victorious. So that, that's my fear that we can go away with that. They were kind of freaking people out. So you guys wanna, there we go, let's go. Let's go back to the, there we go, perfect. All right, everybody's like, if you're afraid of spiders, you're like going, I'm out of here. I don't know why this guy just did that. But we all have a fear. We all have something in our life. That was bad for me. But every day we have a fear of something right? It's something that may stand in front of us that makes us scared, right? There's something that makes us go, I don't want to step, move forward. I didn't want to get near that thing because I thought, oh, what's going to happen right now? I don't know what that spider's going to do. Maybe yours is a fear of someone. Your fear of maybe someone you work with. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's uh, someone that it's, a, it's your spouse. Maybe it's a, it's a relative, that you don't, maybe you don't want to have a hard conversation. Maybe when you're around them, you're like going, I fear, I fear being weighed down. I don't know what that is. Maybe you have a fear of, 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 of the big decision that you have to make in your life. Maybe you have a fear of stepping out in faith in some areas that you feel like God is directing you. Maybe it's your fear of, I don't know, raccoons, whatever that might be. But you have a fear. We all have a fear. We're all scared of something. Well, today we're going to take a look at the Israelite, Moses and the Israelites as we are continuing this series in Redemption Road, talking about as they move forward from being in, in the people that were in captivity for 400 years. If you haven't been here for a while, let me give you a quick recap, right? Or if you're brand new, let me give you a quick re recap where you're coming from. The Israelites are in captivity for over 400 years in Egypt, right? And Moses is sent to, to, to free them, to basically say, let my people go. He leads them out. They come to the Red Sea. God God opens the Red Sea, they cross it, right? He, he takes them through the, through the land and all of a sudden they're walking through the desert and all of a sudden he says this, he says, from captivity, I'm gonna take you to the promised land. It's a promise that he's given to them. Moses, you're leading them. Thousands of people are coming along, right? And they're all following him and they are on the way, on the journey. And as we discovered last week, as, as Pastor Greg shared, that God comes and gives them everything. God comes before them and all, all of a sudden we realize through the grace that we have in Jesus, we can come face to face with God, but God is continuing to go before them. God is continually leading them, and they end up at the promised land, ready to go. The moment is there, and Moses, who is their leader, has been asked to take to, to send out twelve men, one from each tribe, right? A leader within the tribe. He has been commissioned to say, get 12, and you send them in to do reconnaissance, if you will, to discover as spies what is going on. Because God said this is going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. This is the promised land. This is the land that God said, my people, I will give you this land so that I will bless you and you can bless others. And that's what he said he was going to do. And they're right there waiting for it. 
Now go, spies. And this is what we found out what happens next. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into Negev and go up into the hill country. 18, or sorry, not verse 18, not 18 and older. And see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. Whether they are few or many and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad. And whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds. So he sends them, no, don't miss this right here. And he says this, hey, I want you to go and I want you to determine what is there. Because when you come back, you should be able to share exactly what is true, but also exactly what God said would happen. And whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. I know you're thinking, why, is that, why would he bring green grapes? Now, these aren't just normal grapes. These are massive grapes, massive grapes. When you talk about produce that's being delivered, like you go to the farmer's market, you'd be like, honey, look at this, right? It would take two of you to carry it. I mean, that's kind of what the grapes we're talking about. If this is a land flowing with milk and honey and is completely blessed, the land is unreal. So he's saying, go and bring this back so our people can physically see what is taking place there. So the land that we're taking, the land that we're going into, the land that God is delivering and giving to us is what he said it would be. At the end of 40 days, so it took 40 days for them to go do this, right? So they're for, walk, not just walking in 40 days, it's 40 days of checking this out. They returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron, the two leaders, and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And they hold it up. And everybody's like, oh, you're right. What God said would happen is there. The story continues. However, that's highlighted because I want you to remember this. However, all that is true. The people who dwell in the land are strong though, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Intimidating to me, by the way. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So, so here's what I want you to understand here. They are sent in, and they come back with a report of exactly what God said would happen, what exactly God said would be there, but they brought back a however. They brought back a, for us in our words today, a, a but. You know, I, got, I know God tells me to do this. I know God says I should be faithful in this, but. 
I know God wants me to be generous with my life and, and all that he's blessed me with, but I know that God wants me to share my faith with my friends, but, I mean, so in our, in our lives each and every day, whatever fear that might be that we feel like God is directing us in, we have a however or a but. And we talk about what the fear might be after. God wants me to, but. See, God never told them, God never, he didn't withhold anything, right? He said, this is what it is like. And as you discovered, he's like, yeah, there are challenges that are there. There are things that are gonna take place that are there. But I want you to know that however, whatever those things might be, I have gone before you and I will still go before you. And we see what happens here. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Highlight it again, please pay attention. They grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or that we had died in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it? not be better for us to go back to Egypt. And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. You see, what, what we find right here is this. They are saying, man, it would be better to go back to Egypt. It would be so much better for us the way that it was, right? The fear that they had in that moment, the fear that they were experiencing in that moment, they're going, why would God bring us here? They're grumbling against Moses and Aaron, the two leaders, everything that God has done leading up to this moment. And this is what we, what we discover in that is so true for us today. Fear of man paralyzes, but fear of God mobilizes. Fear of man paralyzes, but our fear of God mobilizes us to action. And I know what you're thinking. They, I, I, okay, I'm, I'm new to this Christianity thing, or maybe you're new to church and you're going, fear of God? I don't even know what that means. Fear of the Lord? I, I, why would there be a fear of God when even last week we talked about through grace that we have, that we can approach God boldly, right? Through, through Christ, that we, have, we should not be a, have a spirit of fear. Even that, that's what we understand, right? When we read the New Testament, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but we're not talking about this cowering scaredness that we have with God here. That's what happens when the fear of man, the fear of our lives, the fear of whatever's taking place in our lives, any fear that you're experiencing right now that you kind of like, that it's kind of like paralyzing you that you're not taking a step forward, that I'm not taking a step forward, whatever that might be, that we're not moving forward in the way that God has said, hey, be faithful, go and you continue and know that I'm with you uh, uh, all the time and I'm actually going before you, that what he says is continue going, be faithful, take those steps. There will be challenges, but don't be paralyzed. See, the fear of God mobilizes us to action, moves us to action. I'll share, I'll share with you briefly what this looks like for me. Um, I, I know there will be a day my life will end. And, and I know there'll be a day that I'll give an account for my life, that you'll give an account for your life. And a fear for me, when I think of the fear of the Lord, when I think of this, this, this deep respect, this awe, this reverence that I have for him, which is really truly the fear of the Lord that we have, that we are mobilized to action because not only we fear what he can do, but we fear what he's capable of. And we have this understanding and that if I stand before him and I give an account, and I don't know this is how it's gonna go down, but this is the part for me that, that 
that, that I think of each and every day, that is this fear of the Lord of how this plays out for me, is that I fear, I fear that one day as he looks to me and he says, I gave you. I gave you your time, your family, your friends, your resources. I've given you so much. I, I bless you in so many ways. Maybe not in your mind as much as I've blessed others. I get that. Everybody has that, right? And our fear sometimes dictates that we move. But, but I gave to you. How did you steward that? Did you use it so people would know me? Did, were you kind to others? Were you generous with others? Did you give to them? Did you love others even though they didn't love you? All the things that I've commanded you along the way, did you, did you live that way? And my fear is that I would stand before him and, and truly say, I don't think I did as well as I could have. Now, is that a fear that, that I'm coward with? No, that for me, that's, that's this moment that I, that I fear. And so each and every day as I'm reminded of that, am I, am I stepping into that? Am I moving in that direction? Am I being reminded of that before him? And as I think about that, it mobilizes me every day in every action and every opportunity and every conversation that I have and every way that God has laid before me. Am I perfect in that? No. Do I mess up? Yes. Are there fears that keep me from moving forward? Yes. But for me, that's the fear of the Lord that, that mobilizes me every day. So for you, do you have a fear of, of, of man, fear of something that might happen in your life or a true fear of the Lord? Because he is the one who empowers us to live daily. So let's continue to look and see what happens in the story. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. People that had just grumbled against them, they're falling on their faces before, not just them, but before the Lord because the Lord was present, right? The Lord was present with them and they fall on their faces humbly before them. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So you have two out of the 12 who stand up before the masses have said, no, 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 we should be afraid. But two stand up and say, no, 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 God is with us. We should not be afraid. We should not be fearful. Let's go do this. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, Moses, who's kneeling before him, who's bowing before him, and he says to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? I will strike them with a pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. See, what happens here, man, Moses and Aaron bowing before, right? 
They're being told by Joshua and Caleb, hey, hey, we should, we should not, we should pay attention giving the wisdom of the Lord, right? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And they had this fear of God that was the beginning of wisdom for them that said, if we want to experience wisdom, if we want to make the right decision right now, no matter what circumstances might be, no matter what's in front of us, no matter what you see and what we feel is worth being afraid of and fearful of, God says, go, and therefore we must go and we must take the step necessary to move in that direction. And they respond with, let's get stones and stones them. And God comes to Moses and says, have they not, have they completely forgotten? Do they not remember what I've done? Because isn't this so true? When we are faithless, remember that God is faithful. That's something for each and every one of us, a point that we need to remember. When we're faithless, when whatever seems to be depleting our faith, whatever seems to be eroding that, whatever seems to be, hey, you, uh, uh, we have gotten to this point, whatever that might be in front of you, that fear that you have, that relationship that, that, that you need to address, that have a conversation with, that God has asked you to do something maybe bigger than yourself, maybe it's just day-to-day living in this life that he's saying, hey, 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 this is the life that I want you to live, that, that we sometimes along the way forget his faithfulness. But the way that we can move past that faithless that we have is remembering his faithfulness. You know, science shows um, within each of us that, that when you talk about from a clinical science perspective, right, the way our mind works, the way our body works, that, that a, a fear that you have, a fear that I have, um, that to get past that, we, fi- we have to find confidence. If you have a fear of heights, over time, you need to continue to go to that fear of heights. Over time to see that, hey, nothing's gonna happen it's all good. Nothing's going to happen. For me, a fear of spiders, they might say, hey, you need to be around spiders. I would say you've lost your mind. Not going to happen. So that's a fear I'm just, I'm okay with. But whatever it is, you need to do that. You need to, you need to be, find the confidence to be like, what, what's going to happen? If I do this, nothing will happen. And God's faithfulness, we're reminded of that, gives us confidence to know no matter what happens tomorrow, no matter what happens next week, no matter what happens next year, no matter what happens in a month or a year from now, no matter what happens then that God has led us, that God is faithful and that God will continue, right? The God who has delivered us, if you're a follower of Jesus, who has delivered you, saved us from our sin, saved us from hell, saved us from eternity, separated from him. That's what he has done for us. That each day he has blessed us. We're sitting here today because he has blessed us. And we might have a fear that is paralyzing us. We might have a fear of our country that is paralyzing us, that is causing us to lash out. What's going on? And we have this fear. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But God says, I'm faithful. Just know that I'm in charge and I'm in control, not you. That maybe the relationship that we have with someone, they're going, God, if you were to, um, <clears throat> if I were to step into that and I were to go to them and I were to be, if I were to forgive them, what would happen? Because if I forgive them, someone who's hurt me, and then therefore um, they might hurt me again, I don't know what, and he says, but trust me, I'm faithful because what's going to happen in that moment is that you will not harbor bitterness in your heart anymore because you've forgiven as I've forgiven you. But God, I mean, I'm going through a tough time. We're going through a tough time financially. I don't know if I can make that decision, if I can make that call, if I can move forward in doing that. How can I be generous with others when I don't feel like I have as much as others? And he says, can you trust me? I've given you what you have right now. And I've blessed you with what you have right now. Do you not think I can continue to bless you in that way? When we're faithless, we just have to remember he is faithful. So Moses, in that moment, Fast forward just briefly. In that moment, 
the people that have grumbled to him, the people that have complained to him. Moses comes to God and he tells him, please forgive them. He, he, he comes to God and he intercedes on their behalf and he says, the people have sinned against you, but please forgive them. Your promises to them that they're, they're, people, they're your people and that remembering, he remembers who God is and he is speaking into that and he's saying, God, this is who you are. And he comes on their behalf. And I wanna tell you something, if you're a leader, this is unbelievable to think about, that the people that grumbled against him, that Moses could have easily said, God, you're right. You just promised me a great nation. Why don't you wipe them out? Let's start from scratch. But he remembered God's promise. God was faithful. And he came before him and just pleaded and prayed, God, forgive your people. Let's read what happens next. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly, as I live, and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these 10 times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers and none of those who despise me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he is a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Now, since the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valleys, turn tomorrow and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. He answered Moses' prayer, but he answered their cry. The prayer was forgive. But see, this was important. Even though God forgave, the consequences still were there. You see, so often we know what God's best is. We know what God has asked us to do. I mean, we open up his word and, and we discover it and we're being discipled and we're growing with someone who's leading us and we're in small groups and we're learning and we're hearing on Sunday and we're, we're beginning, you're beginning to discover more of how God would desire for you to live and how God would have us to live. And each that day that we do that, we're taking a step closer in that. And oftentimes our fear paralyzes us and it causes us not to act, act in, the, in, in the way that God has called us to live. And, and this is what we see what happens. When we give in to fear, God's best is in the rear. I know you might chuckle about that statement a little bit, but it's, it's kind of true, right? That, that when, we, when we give in to our fear, the way God has asked us to live, what God has asked us to do, that God's best is behind us. We miss that opportunity. I mean, the, the Israelites just experienced this. God brought them and said, it's there, go, take it. His word through Moses to the people, go. And they said, however, but I don't think they're scary. I don't think we're gonna die, send us back. And he says, okay, you will not get to experience it. In fact, head back to the Red Sea. And later we find in the next passages that they actually, oh, they kind of freaked out a little bit. Well, God, now we're gonna do it. And God says, well, I'm not before you now your faithlessness, you were not faithful in this moment, you, didn't, you weren't obedient, so you've missed my best. So you'll wander for 40 years and the next generation will get to come in and experience that. Did God forgive? Yes. Were there consequences? Yes. Maybe for you it's like, I, I, um, if, if I wait, you're single and you're like, if I wait on the right person, 
godly person, ah, I might not ever find somebody. And God's like, well, you just wait, be faithful, look for that person. But yet you give in to and you settle and you don't get to experience God's best for your life. But, you know, maybe you know that you should be transparent and, and vulnerable with somebody in your life that you can be like, hey, I just, this, I'm, I, this is in me and I feel like I need to share. But your fear is if I do that, they're going to think less of me. They're going to think that I'm not really uh, capable of handling this, that I'm not really capable. And I, maybe I do have a lack of trust in God and they're going to think less of me. But if I'm vulnerable, what's going to happen? And that fear causes you to do nothing. And therefore, that is still within you. You harbor it. And that person misses an opportunity the best would be this, this relationship and this conversation of the church being the church, bearing with one another's burdens, but you take that away. I take that away. God says, love your neighbor, but you think if I love them, people are gonna associate me with them. People are gonna think that I'm like them. People are gonna think that therefore, and I, God forbid they would think that, right? And along the way, we kind of like remove ourselves, we isolate ourselves, we don't love, we don't care, we kind of like, you know, we like, I don't want to even have a conversation with this person because who knows what they're going to say, what they're going to do. And we have those people who begin to think, okay, there's a God who cares for me, but his people don't because they don't know what's going on in my life and they never care to ask. And God's best is in that moment that that person can hear and experience the truth of the life of Jesus that he gives us, the gospel. But we take it away, and our fear causes us not to act. And meanwhile, we open up the scripture, and we read that Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners. Maybe, for you, it's a fear of forever. <laughs> you don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe you're like, at the end of my days, I just don't know. At the end of my days, there's gonna be something that happens. I have a life. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just uh, this eternity, this is, you know, dwelling up in the clouds. I don't know what this looks like. I mean, with confidence, we can say that through, through Christ, we can have eternity with God forever, that he is the one who has made that way, that he is the one who's paved that way. Jesus gave his life for you and I and if you're not a Christian, I want to share this with you. And if you are a Christian, I want to be, remind you of this because oftentimes we forget this. When we think about what God has done, his faithfulness, this is the way that we can look and say, God, through all of this, you have been faithful because I know that you, with confidence, that Jesus died in my place because I was supposed to die. I, my life was supposed to be taken from me. We are destined for eternity separated from God in hell. I just want you to know that it's not God that sends you, but it's each of us that has earned that, that the Bible says that the wages of our sin is death. Jesus died, buried, rose again, and he looks to each of us, says, I have come to give you life. And that's what he wants to give us, abundant, eternal life. And you can have that through Jesus. So before we, we head out today, this is what I want you to think about. Ask yourself the question, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Really, right? I'm afraid of spiders. <laughs> but I gotta be honest, sometimes I'm afraid of a relationship or a hard conversation or taking an action or being faithful. You know, I know what you're, some of you might be thinking, that is huge. When you're talking about the Israelites, you're talking about stepping out and going into the promised land, okay? That is, that is a massive thing. That is grandiose situational thing. God hasn't called me and I don't feel like God is speaking to me about something that big, but 
Have we been faithful with the little things? Have we been faithful with the direct the commands, the, the things that he has asked us to do? Have we been obedient with that? You don't know what they are? Open your Bible and start reading. Jesus tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbors yourself. Have we been faithful in that? When Jesus says to love your enemies, have we been faithful in that? Well, that one's hard because I feel like so many that are out there are my enemies, but God says, this is what I'm asking you to do. What are you afraid of? You forgive them, what are you afraid of? What's gonna happen? Love my enemies, what? No, I can't love them, why? You got a problem with that? You need to take it up with the one who wrote it, who said it. Maybe it's God saying, ah, he's telling you, have you been faithful with the things I've given you to steward well? I blessed you with this, I blessed you financially. Are you giving, are you being generous? But God, if I give, then you, I don't know what's gonna to happen tomorrow. He says, today has enough trouble of its own. Why worry about tomorrow? Don't you trust me that I'm gonna take care of you? Is that your big fear? Remember how faithful he has been. Maybe it's like, I know, I know, I know I'm supposed to share that with that person. God, I know that they need to know you and I, I don't know what to do. And God says, hey, you be faithful in that moment and you watch me work. I mean, the Israelites, I, oh, if they would have stepped forward and they would have moved with, with confidence knowing that God was before them and they would have stepped in and they could have watched him work. And can't we watch him work in each of our lives in the smallest and the biggest things going on in our lives when we're faithful to what he's commanded us to do, when we're faithful to what we feel like he's truly directing us to do, when we're seeking wisdom, when we, when we are doing what we read in Proverbs, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, our understanding, our mind, our man's thinking, our fear of man. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, in everything. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. There's a, there's a passage that I wanna share with you. Um, I came across this and, and I was reminded of it years ago as I was studying for this. And, and honestly, for me, I'm taking this on as my prayer. When fear enters, when fear is before me, when I'm scared of something that I know that God, if I do then, if I do but, and I kind of make those excuses and I have my however moment. And this is what we read in the Psalms. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose words I praise, in God, I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? What can this world do to me? I don't encourage you to let this be your prayer. Let this be your prayer. If you don't have our notes, grab the notes. If you just want to take a screenshot of that, whatever it is, you just want to remember that one thing where that you find in Psalm, let this be your prayer. When fear enters into you, let this be your prayer. God, when I'm afraid, 
I am afraid. There's a confession there. When I'm afraid of what's taking place, I put my trust in you. I'm remembering how faithful you are. I don't wanna be paralyzed. I wanna be mobilized. I wanna take action. I wanna move. I wanna make a difference. I wanna, at the end of my days, when I stand before you, Lord, for me, when I stand before you, I wanna hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I wanna be able to say, I didn't do it all right, but I stewarded well. And the time and everything that you gave me, I stewarded well and I gave and I was generous and I was sharing and you gave me opportunity after opportunity and I was faithful and I watched you work. That when we see that happen, we know it's not in our own strength. See, the Israelites wanted to see it in their own strength. God, we, we kind of like doubted, but, but we're still gonna do it and it was in their own strength and they failed. And many times when we fall on our face, we're trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to do it in our own energies instead of trusting what God wants to do in and through you. So today, my question is that, what are you afraid of? I wanna share this with you today. If you'd like to have that relationship with Jesus, I'd encourage you to drop by our care and prayer room. There are people there that would love to talk with you. They would love to share that with you, that you can have no more fear in your life. That fear can be gone because you can have confidence in knowing that I have a relationship with Jesus. Now, for the rest of my life and forever. So, as we wrap up, I wanna give you a moment. Keep, keep your eyes open. I wanna encourage you personally to pray this, to pray it boldly, to pray it with confidence, praying knowing that God is hearing this and God is with you as the psalmist did. And then as we wrap up, have that moment to confess. This is my fear. What are you afraid of? Identify what it is. Give it to him. Release it to him. This is what I'm afraid of. He said, that's where we can start. Because we've seen what your fear is. Now, if you trust me, I will lead the way. And now go watch me work. Let's pray together. I want to give you a moment to pray this. God, we are so blown away by you and how faithful you are. And oftentimes we forget it. We forget truly how faithful you have been in the past and we've seen you work. It doesn't always pan out like we thought it would, but your ways are not our ways, your thoughts are not our thoughts. And we're reminded of that. We remember that yeah, your promises are still true. Yeah, you told the Israelites to move forward, but and, and, and you told them what it was gonna be like and, I, and in their mind and in our mind, maybe we're thinking, oh, it's just gonna happen. There's no, gonna be no trouble. There's gonna be no hardship. There's gonna be no challenges along the way, but the challenges were in front of them and the challenges paralyzed them. So for us, Lord, I pray that our, our faith would be strong because of your faithfulness, that as we, as we see you work and watch you work, that we're confident knowing that our fears can be addressed head on. The fears are real. 
But when you mobilize us with the fear of the Lord, it makes all the difference. We love you. We thank you so much for loving us. We thank you so much for giving Jesus, for giving your life for us. A life that we can never earn on our own. And it humbles us. It brings us to our knees. We're so grateful for the love that you have given to us. Help us to share that love so much with others here in our church, in our community, and in our world. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.